All right. So let's talk about the Ten Commandments. The third most looked up word, according to Miriam's, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. Anybody want to guess what the third most looked up word is? Thank you for participating. All right. I'll tell you. The third most looked up word in the Webster's Dictionary, according to the research, is the word love. Love. Isn't that funny? A word that we all, to some degree, think we understand the definition of, and yet it's the third most looked up word in the dictionary. I found that interesting. Because let's be honest, if we were to pull all of you online and all of you in here and ask you for your definition of love, do you think we'd get a bunch of different answers, yes or no? Yeah, yeah. And if when you read, whether you read the Oxford Language Dictionary or whether you read the Webster Dictionary or any other dictionary, you're basically gonna find this when it comes to the definition of love in our language. It always has to do with about how we feel towards somebody or something, right? It's an intense feeling. It's an, it's an affection, right? It's a personal interest in. Everything in our language when it comes to love has to do with how we, say it with me, how we, how we feel, how we feel. No wonder love is incredibly fickle in our world, right? I mean, I'm not sure there's a more confusing word for us to understand as human beings than the word love is. Because of our background, because of the way we were raised, because of our parents' intervention, because of trauma that may or may not have happened to us, because of our own personalities, right? All of us have a little bit of a definition of what love should look like and what it should feel like, yes? I mean, listen, I love, I love all of you, okay? Some of you are looking at me like, how can you say that, right? But I love all of you. And here's the thing, all of you could behave a certain way to me and it wouldn't bother me at all. I wouldn't like be upset, I wouldn't be offended. I mean, if you said bad things about me, if you were mean to me, I'm not going to lose any sleep about it. But if that happened in my home, right? If it happened in my home, all of a sudden I'm interpreting it in a completely different way. And I have for 34 years. Right, and you, you know this, if you're in a relationship with somebody that's based on I love you and I love you, and that one person acts a certain way, all of a sudden your brain can go, I, when did you stop loving me, right? Because whatever that thing is that triggers that in you, it's gonna be different for me than it's gonna be different for you. If I told you the things that made me think that the person who I was married to didn't love me anymore, some of you would look at me and go, he's crazy. Because those things wouldn't bother you at all. But if you told me some of the things that triggered your insecurities about the validity of somebody else's love towards you, you, I might think that you're a little bit crazy. Would you agree with that? And if you've raised children, you know their definition of love is far different than yours, right? Because if you tell them no, how many of you have had them tell you back, you know, I hate you, right? Because all of a sudden that action makes them feel like you don't love them. I watched a parent today chase down a toddler at the food pantry. He had bolted free. I mean, and it was like Braveheart. He was coming, right? He was like, freedom, right? He was running. And mom was chasing him because he was running 
in the path of traffic. And she was barreling. And the whole time she was coming, she was talking, right? And eventually he realized at some point in time, you could hear, see it in his head, it clicked. I probably better stop or this is gonna get ugly. And he did. And she grabbed him and her first question was, what are you doing? And his response was, ah, right? Because, and as I stood there and watched that, I thought to myself how easy it is to interpret those interactions at times, depending on who you are in that situation. Because I guarantee you, the mother acted out of complete love for her child to protect him, yes? The child could have easily interpreted that interaction as, why does my mom hate me, right? Because love is such a difficult thing to define when it's primary definition to us in our language is how you feel, right? I mean, listen, I don't know about you, but I've gone to church thousands of times over the years. And I can tell you, I haven't always felt like coming to church. This might surprise you, but there's been times that I've been, I've been scheduled to preach and I haven't felt like preaching. That doesn't surprise any of you, okay. But if our love is built on how we feel, which is exactly how it's defined to us in the English language, love is a very difficult thing to nail down. Would you agree with that? Let's read this verse together. Matthew chapter 22, all right? Here's what scripture says. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, probably a scribe, tested him with this question. Which is the greatest commandment in all of the law? 613 laws, thousands and thousands of other renditions, right? Not just the 10 commandments, but 613 in the laws. Jesus replied, here's the greatest. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And this is the first and the greatest commandment. The second commandment is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. He says all, everybody say all, all the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, let's interpret that through the English dictionary. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and Mark adds with all of your strength. If love is an intense feeling, if it is an affection for somebody, do you always feel love toward God? Be honest, yes or no? Four people said no. Let's be honest, do you always feel like you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength? All of you should answer no because we don't feel anything all the time, right? So how do you measure that? Jesus says the greatest commandment, the single highest commandment is to love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if our definition is true, it's how we feel, it's having an affection for something, do you think that you're always succeeding at obeying the greatest commandment, yes or no? No, and the second one's even worse. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, for those of you that hate yourself, this might be easier, right? But if love is based on having a strong personal affection, an intense feeling for other people, 
How are you doing with the second greatest commandment to love your neighbor as yourself? You succeeding all the time, yes or no? No. So when I read that through the eyes of an English-speaking person who knows our definition, I think to myself, all right, how do you measure that? And yet here's the thing. So many people in church will measure that. They'll look at you and go, oh, you don't love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Based on what? How you feel? People will come to church all the time. Some of you did tonight. Some of you online did tonight. We'll do worship. And nobody will raise their hand. And not half the people won't even sing. And other people will look around and go, oh, they don't love Jesus. Is that fair, yes or no? No, it's terribly unfair. But you know why we do it? Because our definition is of love is that it's how you feel. And if you feel a certain way, then you should act a certain way. You can't say that you love me and then don't act a certain way. Yes? Because we've all had people say to us, I love you, and then we've questioned it based on what they've did. Yes or no? We all do that. So even we, you and me, innately know that love is not about how we feel. It's about what we do, right? Because all of us measure that. I don't think there's anybody in here or anybody watching online that doesn't measure love based upon some action. The words are great, right? The words are great. When you long to hear them from another person and they say it to you, holy cow, fireworks, it's great feeling, right? But after a certain time, when that hurdle's been crossed, the I love you is followed by your brain going, all right, let's see. Right, because everybody, listen, I don't care what the definition, every human being knows innately that love isn't going to be measured by what people say or how I feel. It's gonna be measured based on what you, say it with me, do what you do. Listen to what scripture says. James 2 says this. If you really keep the royal law, right, the divine law, he says it's found in scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? You're doing right. But if you show favoritism, right? If you show favoritism, any sort of favoritism based upon any, any particular set of standards, he says you've sinned and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Anybody in here ever sinned by showing favoritism? Yep. All right. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking how much of it? All of it. So how many of us are lawbreakers? All of us, right? He says, for he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. He says if you do not commit adultery but you commit murder, you've become a lawbreaker, right? How about this verse? He says in Romans 13, says this, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt, say it with me, church, to love another. He says this, For he who loves, now remember, remember, even though our dictionary says love is about how we feel, everybody in here and online knows that eventually love isn't measured by feeling. It's measured by what somebody does when they say that I love you, right? He says, for he who loves his fellow man has what? Say it with me. Fulfill the law, right? He says the commandments. The commandments, and we're gonna study the 10 commandments. He says the commandments don't commit adultery and don't murder and don't steal and don't covet. He says, and whatever other commandments there are may be, they are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as your 
self. Love does no harm, right? He says to its neighbor, therefore, read this with me. Therefore, love is the, so when we talk about the 10 commandments, he says, Paul says, if you wanna fulfill the 10 commandments, the way you do it is to love your neighbor as yourself. How about this one? It says this in Matthew 7, 12. You know this one. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. How many of you have heard that verse, right? We call that the golden rule. Check this out. Most of us don't know the back end of the verse. For this, what? The golden rule sums up the what? The law and the prophets. Again, love your neighbor as yourself. Galatians says it this way. You, my brothers, were called to be free. How many of you are grateful for the freedom we have in Christ? Say amen, right? Free from the bondage of sin and death, free from its penalty. Thank you, Jesus. He says you were called to be free. But, but don't use that freedom in Jesus to indulge in your sinful nature. He says, rather serve one another in what? Love. He says, because the entire law not part of it, but the entire law is summed up in a single command, third time again, church, love your neighbor as yourself. He says, if you keep, let's check this out. This is, this is a message for churches. This is a message for families, right? But if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you're going to be destroyed by each other. How many churches does that apply to? How many families does that apply to? Right? And yet he says, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is the second. And yet scripture after scripture after scripture says the fulfillment of the law is to love your neighbor as yourself. It's not about how we feel, because we all know that's not a right definition. There may be moments in our relationship with other people where feelings really are important, but the true measure of somebody's love is always based on what somebody does for us. He says, if you wanna fulfill the law, you love your neighbor as yourself. How about this one? Galatians 5.12 or 5.6 says this. This is one of my favorite verses underlined in my Bible. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. Any external or lack of external desire to try to get into God's favor, he says, has no value. Instead, the only thing, everybody say that with me, the only thing, the only thing that counts, that's an accounting word, right? The only thing that adds up is our faith expressing itself through love. Love truly is the greatest commandment in scripture. And ultimately, in spite of what Miriam says, in spite of what the Oxford Language Dictionary says, love is not about how we feel. It's not, you know that as well as I do. Because if the person you were with right now measured your love for them based upon your honest feelings, there would be plenty of times your partner or you would think that person doesn't love me, yes or no? happens all the time. Those of you that don't really operate on an emotional level might think the rest of us are weird, right? And somehow those two people always end up married together. And somehow they always end up in counseling together, right? And one of them's wondering why the other one's broken has no emotion. And the other one's wondering why the other one's broken all they have is emotion. Because here's ultimately what we know. 
We can't measure love based on how we feel, in spite of what Miriam says. But you can, and I can, objectively measure love based upon what other people do. And for the greatest commandment to be love, nothing else, it's not obedience. He doesn't say the greatest commandment is obedience. He doesn't say the greatest commandment is worship. He doesn't say the greatest commandment is giving. He says the entire law, all of these 10 commandments we're gonna talk about, the entire law is summed up in one word, love, love. And man, if that's how we feel, we're all in some serious trouble. But if it's about what we do, we all have an honest chance to do this right. How about this? Let's talk about this new commandment. He doesn't just say it's the greatest commandment, right? He says it's a new commandment. Jesus said this in John 13, the night before his betrayal and arrest in the garden and subsequent crucifixion, Jesus speaking who is his, his disciples said this, right? Judas has just left, right? And when he was gone, Jesus now said to these, to these other 11, now, now that that's taken place, the son of man is glorified right? And God is going to be glorified in him. Check this out. If God is glorified in Jesus, right? God will glorify the son in himself and will glorify him at once. My little children, he says, I'm going to be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now where I'm going, you cannot come. Not permanently, presently, right? And then he says this. He says, a new command. First, he says, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is the second. But then he says to the disciples, it's not just the greatest commandment, it's also a new commandment. That word in the, in the Greek is kainos. It means brand new, not new like it's used and you went to the thrift store and picked it up, shook it out, threw it in the laundry, and went, hey, I got a new shirt. This is brand new. Like, it didn't exist, and now it does exist. So he says, I'm gonna give you a brand new command, all right? What is it? Love one another. Is that new? No, that part is not new at all. Leviticus 19, 18 says, love your neighbor. That's not a new command, but the caveat makes it new. He says, and he's gonna define love now, because in spite of me, <laughs> because in spite of my feeling, right? That is not the definition of love cord. And too much of my life has been spent defining love by what I feel as much as some of you have been in the same boat and maybe still are. He says, I'm going to give you a brand new command. Love one another, not new. So what makes it new? As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now we've got a definition. Now he's gonna tell us what makes this love new, right? He says this, by all this, or by, by this, by this new love, say those two words with me, all men. Everybody say all men. How many men does that include? All. All mankind, he says, will know this one thing, that you are my follower if you love one another. So now it isn't based on how we feel because nowhere in scripture does Jesus define his love based on how he feels. He defines it based on what he does. So he says, I'm going to give you a new command. I need you to love other people as I have loved you. All right. I want to know what that looks like, right? Because nowhere 
listen, I, I, I don't know how Jesus feels about me because I've never asked him. Have you? No. We may pray. We may ask him. But my guess is we haven't heard a voice tell us. The scripture tells us how he feels about us. And he defines that feeling on what he does. Listen to scripture. First Corinthians 13. Save that one real quick if you don't mind. And go down to Romans 5a. Right? We're going to do these three, Mike. Listen to this. Bible says, new commandment. Love as I have loved you. Amen, church? It's new. Right? So now he's going to define it. God demonstrates. Is that a feeling or an action? Action. So God's going to act, right, and demonstrate his love for us. How? While we were sinners, right, while we weren't friends, Christ died for us. Does that give you an inkling as to how God feels about you? Yes or no? Right? How about this one? First John 3 says this. This is how we know what love is, right? You, can't you hear Forrest Gump saying that in his voice, right? I'm not a smart man, Jenny, but I know what love is. <laughs> thank you, thank you, <laughs> right? That's my best Forrest Gump, all right? <laughs> now I'm just totally distracted, right? <laughs> he says, this is how we know what love is. Check this out. I know what love is because I know how I feel. Is that what it says? No. And yet that's how so many of us define our love. He says this, this is how we know what love is. Christ laid down, feeling or action, laid down his life for us. So guess what? We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Some people think that what we're doing Friday night with Night to Shine is one of the best things this church does. Can I get an amen? There are other people that go, why are we doing that? Here's why. Because this is how we know what love is. Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to also feel the same way. Is that what it says? No. He says, this is how we know what love is. Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for one another. You see, in spite of what Miriam says in the dictionary, and in spite of what we might tell ourselves, love is never defined by how we feel. Our feelings get identified by what other people do. How do I know you love me? I don't base it upon how I feel. I base it upon what you do. And you do the same thing for other people, right? He says, if anyone has material, material possessions, so now he's gonna translate this. If anyone has a material possessions, if you're online in here, if you got material possessions, raise your hand and say yes, right? If you have a material possession and you see a brother in need, he says, but have no mercy or pity on him. He says this, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, don't love with words that express my feelings but, or my tongue, but express your love with actions and in truth. You see, in spite of Oxford, it's not an intense feeling. It's about what we do with what we say. 
Jesus said it isn't just the greatest commandment, it's a brand new commandment, because now it has a definition. If you love me, you'll lay down your life for other people, because what's the fulfillment of all of the law? The entire law is fulfilled in this one saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Now we have a definition. If I love my neighbor as myself, I'll lay down my life for my neighbor. That's a lot different than how I feel. And that's why so many churches just get stuck because they do based on what they feel, not based upon what the love definition is. First John 4 says this. He says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Can I get an amen, right? Everyone who loves, right? And again, well, I'm not talking about my feeling or you feeling. I'm talking about the definition of this word in the Greek, agapao or agape, right? He says, everyone who loves, everyone who loves. And what is love? Love lays down their life for another. He says, anyone who loves then, not feels, but loves, has been what? Born of God and knows God. So let me ask you a question, church. Don't raise your hand, but ask yourself this. Am I really born of God then? Because here's the definition that John gives us, right? He said, love is of God. And if you want to know if you are born of God and know of God, here's what you measure. Do I love the way he loves? Do I lay down my life for another? That's how we define it. And man, I don't know about you, but that's a really easy definition, isn't it? You don't have to sit around and scratch your head and go, man, I don't know. You know, last week I said this, and the week before I thought this, and, and then I failed here, and that's what we're measuring all the time. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No. That's a whole nother thing that Jesus took care of on the cross. Somebody say amen. Love, though, is the positive action of knowing God. And he says this, whoever doesn't love not how they feel, but whoever doesn't love with their choices, their actions, doesn't know God. That word, epigenosis, means they've never experienced God's love. We want to look at it and go, oh my gosh, that person, whoo, cussing, drinking, smoking, lying, cheating, and we measure all these things, and we're oh, not a Christian. We're studying the church in Corinth, a lot of sinful behavior, and yet Paul calls them Christians. He calls them babes in Christ, but he calls them Christians. Because guess what? Your sin and my sin doesn't negate God's goodness and grace on the cross of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Bible says God's grace is greater than your sin. Somebody say amen. But here's the telltale sign. Whoever doesn't love doesn't know God. They've never experienced him because God is what? Love. He's not the hippie love of 1970s. Right, where everybody just tolerates everybody. It's not the love of 2024 that says, oh, we just accept everything about everybody and we just, we, just, we just say that God's love is inclusive no matter what. No, God's love is based on this notion. You need help and I need help. We have a debt we can't pay. I'm gonna show you my love and pay your debt and offer it to you for free. All you have to do is accept it. That's God's love. Somebody say amen, right? That's our, our demonstration. And if you receive that love and you get that love, then the first thing that you do in response to that love is judge other people. No. The first thing you do is you love other people the way you know God's loved you. Because he says that's what love is. This is how God showed his love among us. What did he do? He sent his one and only son. Most 
prized possession he had, the thing he loved most in the world, he sent his son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we did it first for God, not that we loved God first, but that he loved us first, sent his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Sacrifice, is that a feeling or an action? It's an action. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now check this out. No one, everybody say no one. No one's ever seen God. (laughs) Sorry. No one has ever seen God. Check this out. Just concentrate on this second, how amazing and powerful this statement is. No one has ever seen God. But if we love, not feel, but act, because the entire law is fulfilled in one statement, love your neighbor as yourself. What is love? God showed it, that he laid down his life for others. We should lay down our life for other people. That's love. He says, no one has seen God, but if we love that way, the new commandment, one another, check this out, God will live in us and his love will be made perfect or complete in us, which means the world that has never seen God can see God through who? Us. Aren't you tired of living in a world where people don't believe in God? Man, I'm sick of it. Because when you take God out of the picture and you don't believe in him, guess what? Anything goes, and we're seeing it everywhere. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of it destroying our families and our schools and our countries and our nations. Somebody say amen. People need to know God. Would you agree with that? You know how they see God? They see it when those who say they've experienced God's love show that love to other people. There's no debate about that in Scripture. Why is there a debate about that in church? Why do we want to debate what we should be doing in church? Should we be hosting Night to Shine? Yes. Should we go all over the world and send 40 students to the Kai Michis to minister to people in that community? Yes. Should we love those who aren't like us, who don't know Jesus? Yes. Why? Because this is love, that you lay down your life for one another. And if you have material possessions and there's people in need and you don't have any pity or mercy, if you're not moved to action, how can the love of God be in you, John says? Jesus says in Matthew 24 that in the end times, the love of many will grow cold. It's happening all over. And it's not in our world. It's happening in our churches. People who say they've experienced the love and the grace of God have become cold to the people in the world that need Jesus most. Shame on us. Because love isn't how we feel. Nobody came to you and said, hey, what do you think about these people running our country? Who cares? Jesus said, I know what you do for them. You lay down your life for them. Why? Because this is love. This is love. What? Not that they did it first. Not that we did it first, but they did it first. Did you get that? You wanna really know how somebody loves you? Quit waiting for them to go first. You go first. Too many, listen, we counsel people all the time and I can guarantee you, if people would just act the way love defines itself, most marriages would be fixed. Because you know how you demonstrate love? You don't sit around going, well, I'm just gonna wait and see and then if I see it, then I'm gonna respond. (laughs) And this is just how people sit in counseling too, right? (laughs) Because they're right, they're right. No, this is love. 
Not that we did it first for God, but that he did it first for us. You love somebody, then quit waiting. Just act. Excuses, excuses. Legit, not legit. Still get in the way of what the definition of scripture is. It's not just the greatest commandment. It is a new commandment. Paul says it this way. He says love in 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongue of men and angels. Man, we have a church, we have church world that are just consumed with this spirit language, right? This, this language that you can speak in the spirit that other people, if we speak in the language of all of those things and yet we don't have any love, we're not willing to lay down our life for somebody else, I'm just a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. You ever been to those churches? I have. How about this? If I have the gift of prophecy, meaning I can preach, and I can't fathom all the mysteries. I get asked all the time, hey, Pastor Cork, can you help me to find this verse? I don't know what this means. If I could do all of that, right? All of that, he says, and all the knowledge, he says, and if you know, I have faith that can move mountains, but I have not what? Doesn't mean a thing. Doesn't mean a thing. How about this? If I give everything I have, if I give all the stuff, I'm supposed to lay down my life. So if I give all my stuff and I surrender my body to the point that it's burnt, it's burnt in the cause of Christ, but it doesn't come from what? That it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. He says this, instead, love is feeling or an action? It's an action. Because how many of you have to act patient when you don't feel patient? Right? I mean, generally the first thing that I do in the morning when I get in my car is I have to say to God within 13 seconds, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cuss that person out, right? <laughs> Love is what? It's patient. Love is kind. <laughs> That's a great Greek word. Love doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. Love is not self-seeking, right? Love is not easily angered. And love keeps no record of a wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but it always finds joy in the truth. And here's what else love does. It always what? Protects, it's not a feeling. Always trust, trust me, we know that's not a feeling. Love always hopes. And love always perseveres. Nothing to do with how we feel. Everything to do with what we choose to do. He says love never what? It never fails. And yet we see it over and over fail. It fails in marriages. It fails in dating relationships. It fails in families. It fails in churches. Why? Because we often base love on how we feel. And yet Paul says it's patient. It's not rude. It doesn't keep score. It protects always, it trusts always, perseveres. That love never comes up short. But where there are preachers, they're gonna cease. And where there are speaking in tongues, that's gonna be stilled. He says, and where there's knowledge of this, that's gonna pass away. Because right now we just know in part and right now we just prophesy in part. Preachers and teachers just speak in part because we don't know it all. Right? But when completion, perfection comes, right? When Jesus returns and all this has been restored to a new heaven and new earth, he says that imperfect is going to disappear. Anybody excited for that? Yeah. 
He says, because when I'm a child, I talk like a child and I think like a child and I reason like a child. He says, but when I became a grown up, a man, I put away those childish things. Meaning when I go from imperfect to perfect, all that stuff's gonna cease. We see right now, but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then he says, when the perfect comes, we're gonna see what? Face to face. And look what happens when that transition comes. I only know in part now. Everybody, we agree with that, right? Are there, are there lots of things that you don't know fully? Yes or no, right? We only know in part. Then, when all is restored, I shall know fully even as I am fully known. Anybody excited about that? Amen, right? These three in the gap remain between childish and maturity, between imperfect and perfect. What are we left with? These three. Faith, somebody say amen, right? It's our faith in the gap that gets us from point A to point B, somebody say amen. Hope, hope is something we, we believe in that we haven't yet received. And what? Love. But the greatest of these is what? Love. You see, it's not just the greatest commandment. It's a new commandment. And the new commandment is still the greatest commandment. Because the only thing that matters is that our faith, if you're online in here and you have faith in Jesus, say amen. The only thing that matters is that your faith expresses itself in what? Love. You don't have to ask, what should I do if I'm a part of a church? You find a place to lay down your life and you lay it down because we know that's the definition. If you're waiting to decide what to do based on how you feel, you're never gonna get anything done, right? And then let's do this at the end. Proof of our commitment, right? John 15 says this. As the Father loved me, Jesus says, I've loved you. Now remain in my love. Read this with me, church. If you obey my, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed the Father's commands and I remain in his love. I've told you this so that you, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Here's my command, right? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He said, here is my command. Read it with me, church. Love each other as I have, right? We know what that is, right? Jesus demonstrated his love for us and that he laid down his life for us. Somebody say amen. So the command that we should follow is to lay down our life for other people. Somebody say amen, right? That's our commandment. Greater love, again, always back to the greatest, even though it's new, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. You see, as we get ready to talk about the Ten Commandments, what I want you to understand is how those Ten Commandments are lived out through the action of love. Because the entire law, all these ten are gonna be fulfilled in this one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I want you to see how this works out. Jesus said, if you're my friend, you'll do what I command. What is it I command you? That you love one another. How about this verse? 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, read it with me, everybody online, everybody here. Do everything in love. First John 2 says this, we know that we've come to know him if we obey his commands. He says, the man who says I know him, listen, if you know Jesus, say amen. The man who says he knows him but doesn't do what he commands is a, woo, that hurts. The man who says he knows him but doesn't do what he commands is a liar 
Who else is called a liar in scripture? Satan. Does what he commands a liar, and the truth isn't in that person. Guess who else is absent of truth? Satan. He says, but if anyone obeys his words, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know that we are in him. Whoever claims to live in Jesus must walk as Jesus did. And how did Jesus live? He said, a new commandment I give you. Love as I have loved you. And how do we know how Jesus loved us? He laid down his life for us. Was it based on how he felt? Is it based on what he did? How about this one? First John 5 says this. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, the born of God, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, say amen. He says you're born of God. And everyone who loves, not how I feel, but what I do, right? If everyone who loves the Father then loves the child as well, meaning if you love God, you should love everybody in this church, which means they're in the person in here you should lay down your life for. James said that about favoritism, right? He says this is how we know we love other people, right? By loving God and carrying out his commands. Well, what is it? This is love for God, to obey his command. His command isn't burdensome, because what is his command? That you what? Love one another. Say it with me. Love one another. And it has nothing to do how you feel. I don't care what Webster says because you all know that's not true, right? It's based on what we do. It's based on what we do. Let's close it with these verses here. Second John, in verses four through six, say this. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us, and now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one we've heard from the beginning. I ask, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to the commands of Jesus. As you've heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Amen, church? Father, today I'm so grateful that you demonstrated your love for us. You didn't tell us that's how you felt. You showed us what it meant. And my prayer is for all of us that have experienced that to live our lives in such a way to do that for other people. Our world is in desperate need of seeing you. May they see you through our love for one another. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.